Alright, back again. Kaleidoscope, episode 15. Uh, got a new fella here. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, what, what's your uh, name, young lad? Uh, Bradley. Bradley. Uh, yeah, Bradley has had quite the experience for the last couple of years. Hold on, let me turn and face you. It's a little awkward. <clears throat> yeah, we're going to talk about traveling today. Traveling. So, you've recently come back to the motherland, to the homeland, America. 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 Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> so, I'm eating a lozenge. I'm sick, y'all. I'm fucking sick. I'm at the beginnings of sickness. That's my crunchy crunch. This is the lozenge. All right. Yeah. Anyway, we just got back. Been gone a long time. Quite a couple years. So, what were your experiences like? Well, first of all, let me tell you where I've been. <laughs> In fucking China. <laughs> uh, so... It's been a wild ride, man. Like um, a lot of people, when they, they, I guess, when they think about China, like the the stereotype and like the picture that most people have in their head isn't what it really is out there, man. It's a pretty progressive world, but uh, like, uh, I guess maybe it's just my family and like some close people that I talk to them in the south here in America. They're like, "What are you fucking living on a farm, man? Fucking eating cats?" <laughs> like, but it's uh, it's not like that, man. It's a, uh, it's technologically advanced and it's very progressive and it's um quite the fucking adventure out there man and, and the opportunities in the economy are just booming man it's like the american dream from the 1970s set into reality right now as if their time frame on the linear line had lagged behind and it's just catching up to where america was in the 70s but i'm sure you know with every great success there's a fall just like ours did after the technological boom in the 80s I'm sure they'll fall eventually, but right now, dude, it's fucking beaming. <laughs> so it's been fucking wild out there, dude. Yeah. yeah. So, what were your immediate, because obviously that's a huge culture shock. When you first got there, what was sort of your immediate reaction? Well, dude, jet lag was fucking, oh, that was crazy. But um, I arrived basically at the Shenzhen airport, and... uh. I didn't, like, once I got there, I didn't prepare myself at all like I should have. I didn't have a, a, a different SIM card for my phone, so I had no data. And uh, I just was supposed to meet a Chinese guy with a red shirt and blue shorts at the airport named Vincent. And so I'm like, I hadn't slept in over 24 hours. And I'm just, luckily I was the only fucking white dude walking out of the airplane, so he flagged me down. But it was like maybe one in the morning or something. He takes me from the airport, drives to the outskirts of the city, kind of like the village area called Longhua. And um, basically shows me my apartment that they're putting me in. And then um, drops me off. And is like, I'll be back in two days, man. It's a two-day holiday right now for us. So, uh, you know, explore the neighborhood and have fun. I didn't speak any Chinese. I didn't know anything that was going on, man. I didn't do the research like I should have. So, uh, basically, and also, like, uh, I had gone to Bank of America, and they gave me a card, uh, and they are like, this will work anywhere in China. You could swipe it because we're, like, a conglomerate with um, China Construction Bank. 
And that was fucking bullshit, man. <laughs> like, like, the very next day I woke up and I tried to go to the most American place I could find. I found a KFC. They wouldn't fucking take my card. Nobody would take the fucking card. All my money is in my bank account. I can't fucking buy anything. So I'm going around. I'm hungry as fuck now. And I can't get no food. I can't get no water. I can't get nothing, dude. And I'm walking around trying not to go too far from my apartment so I don't get lost. And, uh... So I'm like, I finally give up. I'm like, fuck, man. I just I can't eat, man. But they're not going to be here for two more days. I'm like, what the fuck do I do? And I can't talk to anybody. So I go back up to my apartment, and I look through my bag, and I find my wallet in there, and it had 18 American dollars in it. So I take that, and I find a bank around the corner, and I'm like, nobody speaks English in there. <laughs> like and I'm trying to fucking give them this money. It's like sliding under the glass window through the little hole to them, and they're just like sliding it back to me, and I'm sliding it back to them. <laughs> like, come on, give me Chinese money. <laughs> and like, and they're just like, after a while they keep it, and then like the crowd behind the window just gr- starts growing and growing, and eventually there's like seven Chinese people just staring at me from beyond the glass on the other side and they're all like giggling and talking to me on their hands like this fucking stupid law and like oh like oh shit and finally after like a considerable amount of cajoling which none of it was understood it was all in fucking vain basically but i guess not because eventually they gave me like 70 something kwai and i was like fuck and like they gave it to me and basically you can see their expressions they're like get the fuck out of here <laughs> like just like you piece of shit like so i get that i go back to kfc like what up (laughs) i got money (laughs) like give me that chicken sandwich (laughs) i got that let's try to be like uh sparing with the money so i could make it last a few days which i did and then yeah that was that was my first though like my first day or two but uh everything the culture shock was fucking surreal man like the amount of people i was coming from the south in america man like where the streets are not crowded there's gaps in between the homes there's grasslands everywhere there's fucking fresh air then i get put into a city with like millions like t- almost 22 million people now i mean most are un- unaccounted for a bunch of migrants but um yeah man it was it's fucking blasted my brain with just like a fucking another world that i just didn't really know existed and to that degree uh, so, like, yeah, it was just a concrete jungle that I was trying to maneuver my way through with not being able to speak the language and not understanding how anything worked. But, uh, I was like, oh, well, fuck it. You know, let's let's keep trying, see what happens. Eventually, I learned the language a little bit and got in tune with the reality that I was living in. But, the man, at first, just walking around, you see fucking people carrying wagons behind their back with wheels with who god knows what inside of it fucking what those fucking rickshaws yeah essentially and like at the the end of each metro station you have just like copious amounts of dudes on scooters just waiting to fucking flag you down and hope to get you on the back of their scooter to drive you home for just like a, a couple un like uh like it's just the 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 market there for everything was so different and unstructured and unfamiliar com- compared to what I was used to where everything here is just like you know very structured there is just chaos including the traffic and everything but there seemed to be like an order to the chaos everything seemed to you know smooth its way over pretty good 
but when you're first thrown into it, like, essentially blindfolded, like, it just seems fucking so erratic and insane that you're, like, while you're jet-lagged and brain half-baked, you're just, like, you almost feel like you're on a different planet, let alone, like, just a different country, but, oh my god, man. Like, never have leaving America my whole life. The first place I go to is not backpacking Europe. It's not going to Machu Picchu in South America and Peru. It's it's fucking... It's China. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> uh, like, halfway across the goddamn world, man. And, wow. Mind fuck entirely, but... I grew to love it in a certain degree after time, but... The first six months there were fucking... They were like tragic in a certain sense but they were also vital to a certain development in my understanding about like overcoming unfamiliar situations and how to deal with them so the the tragic part are you talking about like the the isolation and Absolutely. the foreignness to it yeah man i had no friends i had, i didn't know anybody i couldn't speak the same language man i i couldn't even like if i wanted to get something i wanted to eat it wasn't guaranteed i, I would get that cuz i couldn't tell them what I, exactly i wanted so like you know, body language could only go so far, and you can't really make a friend with someone you can't speak with, you know, it's like, a, you could have a fun night drinking with them, and it's fun and all for that night, but afterwards, you can't build a relationship with that person, you know, you can't even talk to them, so, it got fucking, yeah, it got lonely for a while, but uh, after a while, eventually I saw these two guys on the subway, two other foreigners, and so, like, I was like, all right, I just went over. I was like, "Hey, I need friends." <laughs> like, uh, they just looked at me like I was insane. I think I, it's. I think that's probably the one time that that approach is socially acceptable. They looked at me like I was a psycho, but like, <laughs> I guess they saw the maybe the innocence, you know. So they were like, one of them started talking. It was the Australian guy. It's like, "Hi, mate. Yeah, where are you from?" <laughs> like, uh, America. He's like, "All right, mate. You drink beer." I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, maybe we get a beer sometime. We live around here too. But the English guy, he, he wouldn't fucking talk to me at all. Uh, he was very standoffish at first. But uh, lo and behold, three months later, I, I ended up being his roommate. And uh, basically those two kind of took me under their wing. And um, I moved in with the English guy. And all three of us moved to the inner part of the city where all the you know the cool shit's happening. Uh, a lot more foreigners out there, a lot more people that speak English, a lot more going on, parties, Western restaurants, uh, just more, more uh, it was more familiar to me because it was more adaptable seeing as there was more things that I could do with l- knowing so little about their culture and language and the environment. So yeah, like I said, I ended up moving with the, in with the English guy and for that year living with him, that was... That turned into a great experience, and uh, I learned a lot that year and got to experience some of the more party, uplifting times in China. But before that, it was just like a test of endurance. Yeah. Mental endurance. Right. Yeah, it got... It was, <laughs> it was pretty nuts. All right, so, you know, you're there for a while. It fucking sucks. You're a sad boy for a little bit. You meet some folks. Okay, you're happy. You're good. Now that that was just the first few months, so at a certain point, it, shit sort of tapers off, and there's a consistency. What eventually developed into your consistency? What what was your sort of day to day rhythm like? 
Alright, so I was working for a training center teaching English, and the training centers start after school. So I had Monday and Tuesday off. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I would work 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. <laughs> Saturday and Sunday, I'd work 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. So basically, Monday through Friday, I would just go out and drink with the Australian guy. Sometimes my roommate would come out, but he had a Chinese girlfriend, and you know he he had to work early every day because he was working at a primary school. So he didn't come out all the time, but the Australian guy was a fucking, he was a drinker. So I'd go out with him essentially just to try to uh, develop a social circle, I guess, and kind of get in place. And through him, man, I met a shit ton of people, met like a, a soccer team or, or a football team or whatever from England. They all became pretty cool. I ended up switching schools, working for EA International. I met a Slovakian guy, another guy from Wales, and another guy from Ireland. And they became really good friends and kind of took me under their wing, too. And uh, then my, my, my friend group started spreading. Got some Russian friends that I started skateboarding with. And then um, then I started getting really into boxing. And I started boxing with a Russian there all the time. So I would go drink at night. In the morning, I would uh, walk around the streets trying to find food anywhere I could <laughs> to some degree. I usually, eventually found a noodle place, like these street noodles close to me. This little guy, it was basically like a metal kiosk of some sort. They just cooked noodles and like this weird bread shit. And I would buy it from him, then I'd walk up the street. And uh, there was a sushi store, but you could pick out each individual sushi and then instead of just a set so you can get like six of a, any variation you wanted for a certain price and then well, on the way back I'd get a bubble tea but the bubble tea was I had bubble tea once in America before I went there and it's always like fruit flavored and shit here you got like a like a strawberry bubble tea or a kiwi bubble tea that I put there it's all milk tea milk Mil- tea milk tea <laughs> what the it's, fuck is milk tea it's what they drink man it's called jinju naicha because like yeah whatever but um it's milk tea but they don't call them bubbles like the translation to that is a pearl so it'd be like milk tea or pearl tea or something but um i would get one of those because they, they were so fucking good i became like addicted to those things for a while dude <laughs> i'm like i would just get one of those every day and yeah, they're they're so good then like i'd go to work and then after work I would go meet this Russian at the gym, and we would take these boxing classes together, and he'd be my sparring partner. And I did that for like a whole year. Just basically worked, drank, and boxed with a Russian. And uh, it became a good cycle. But in the middle, middle of all that, my English roommate, this guy was like straight sex addict. Because in China, like, the foreigners, not super rare, but I mean... Considering the population there and the how kind of confined they are from society in comparison to us in the West. I mean, a lot of them travel, but a lot of them will never leave the country their whole life. So, like, foreigners to them is, like, something exotic, almost, in a certain sense. Not to, like, toot my own horn, because it's not just me. It's just, like, any foreigner there. So, like, I kind of, like, jumped on his bandwagon, and we ended up having, like, a competition who could, like, fuck the most girls in one year with living with each other. And uh, both of us 
the year living together fucked over 50 Chinese girls in one year. Oh, who won? <laughs> it was fucking ridiculous. Like, uh, they don't have Tinder over there. They well, have who, something called Tantan. And, like, so we just get on this Tantan app and just basically meet a different girl almost every night for dates if we weren't doing our yeah. own thing, if I wasn't boxing or drinking and he wasn't hanging out with his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Besides that, who won the shit? He won. Oh, he, shit, he got he me, dude. He he he. Uh, I was in the low fifties. He was he was close to sixty. We were both in the. 50s. Oh shit! Okay, it was more. It was fifty. I thought it was fifty cumulatively. No, fifty each. Oh fuck! Okay. He was almost at sixty. I was I was fifty one, fifty two, something like Impressive. that. He got me though. Impressive and worrisome. Yeah, he uh, he uh, in the long run ended up contracting a few different STDs, but that. <laughs> all curable. Luckily for me, I got nothing. But uh, not to say that I wasn't worried the whole time. <laughs> but uh, on top of all those lecherous fucks, man, there would be times like I'd be walking home like at 4 a.m. just fucking plastered out of my mind drunk. And you could just roll up to a happy ending. They're they're 24-7. It's like 30 American dollars. So I'd just go in there fucking shit-faced like 4 a.m. on the way home from the bar. And it made it even worse because everything is high-rise buildings. And there was like a grand entrance to ours, like a fucking hotel. And it splits off in two different ways. And then directly forward was the doors to the elevators. But to the left was a happy ending place. So every time I walked in the front doors of my building, I had, like, the conundrum, like, should I go there? Like, one eye closed, <laughs> trying to keep my balance. My drunken brain's like, you can do it. <laughs> how, many, uh, how many times did you wake up? In a happy ending yes. place? Yeah. Not many. Usually I was even drunk as fuck. I would, I would be, like, you know, coherent enough to maneuver myself back home some way or another but there's a few times like after i got because they give you like a 90 minute massage and then they give you a choice of like a hand job a titty fuck or a blow job at the end well so we had talked about this before we started recording the pro what are the price differences on these like the hand job is right around like 30 american dollars the titty fuck goes up to like 33 34 maybe 35 american dollars the blow job around 39 40 dollars that's fucking crazy. But that's including the whole if massage. You motherfuckers listening to this are headed to China. You're looking for a discount blowjob. You know where to go. Dude, because not only that, you get the massage. Before, like, they make you shower when you go in and they give you, like, these little shorts and shirt to put on. Like, these really comfortable ones. You leave all your clothes and shit in a locker after the shower. And then some guy brings you to a room. They bring you, like, a cup of green tea. And you know it's a happy ending if it's not a massage bed that they bring you to. They bring it to a room with a closed door with an actual bed. Oh, shit. Like, so okay. when you go to those, you're like, oh, this is the happy ending one. It's not like so one of those skinny like massage advertised. tables. Express, it's not expressly known or advertised. It's just advertised as a massage place. But when you see like a full-size bed, you're right, like, Right, oh. I'm saying they're all you know, advertised as a normal massage place. But then when you get in that motherfucker, then you know what it yeah, is. Yeah, it doesn't say like... Even in the Chinese characters, it doesn't say like anything extra for it. It's mm. just a massage place or okay. spa or something. But um, yeah, you once you see in the inside, you, you pretty much quickly judge it after a certain time of seeing enough of them. Yeah. So, <laughs> so when... When the the few the scarce times you did wake up there, um, did they charge you extra? 
Yeah, you charge. It's like it's not much. It's like six bucks extra if you want to sleep the whole night there and use it as a hotel. Yeah, fuck. See, that's sweet. Yeah, so like you if you like, are so drunk and like you just pass out after you come all over this bitch, you just fucking. <laughs> One time I woke up and like I guess they didn't have a blanket. Like the bitch put like a little teeny pink towel over my body <laughs> and I woke up <laughs> like so shame. Like, so shameful. Like, I was like, woke up, there's like a, a pink bath towel over my fucking half naked body. Like, my dick was all shriveled up because it was so cold. And I was just like, I looked pathetic and defeated. And I was so hungover. Like, my head was throbbing. And I have to, like, stumble out of the room with, like, one sandal on. <laughs> like, and, like, and, like, everyone in there is looking at me. Now there's, like, people in there. Because there's, like, at the front of this place I was in specifically. There's, like, massage chairs at the front by the reception desk. And so there's, like, a bunch of people in there getting, like, foot massages. And this fucking dumb foreigner comes stumbling out of there with, like, crazy bed head and one sandal. Like, staggering. Like, where's the the showers? (laughs) Everyone's staring at me like, oh, fuck. (laughs) I'm a piece of shit. (laughs) So when you, uh... Like, what is their immediate reaction after you nut? What do they do? Are they, like, really perfect? Are they, are, is there any kind of emotional or sensual response? Because obviously it's a job to them. Or are they just quickly, like, trying to clean the shit up? Or, or It depends on the girl. Like, I've had uh, certain girls, like, because then you don't give your phone number in China. You have something called WeChat. I've had, like, girls ask for my WeChat after they give me a happy ending. And like trying to like hook up afterwards, and I've actually had one girl while I was getting a happy ending. She just like fucking pulled her fucking skirt panties to the side and just like sat on my dick, started riding it. Oh, and like shit. I was drunk as fuck at the time, and I'm like, I don't have a condom on. This is fucking dangerous. Dude, she's trying you know? to get that fucking American baby. Dude, yeah, like I was. But, yeah, you never know what's going to happen in there, dude. Like, That's the first nuts. one I ever got was when I was still in Long Wait, Wait, one sec. I want to fucking know. Did, you, did she charge you extra for that shit? No, it was the same price. Okay, it better yeah. be. God damn it. That's fucked up. Anyway. Dude, I got her WeChat, too, and she was, like, she was, make, like, lowballing these prices, like, trying to come to my home. Like, uh, <laughs> like at first I just thought she was trying to fuck, so I was like, yeah, you come over. And she's like, how much are you going to give me? I was like, oh. No, nothing <laughs> like, <laughs> like she just started dropping the price like immediately like i'll come over and i was like no nah. she's like okay I'll, I'll have sex for this much and i was like no nah. and eventually she was like i'll come to your house right now and have sex for a hundred quai what's that a hundred quai i don't know it's like um let me look at my phone you gotta do some calculations hold up yeah hold up a hundred quai it's cheap dude it's uh 100 divided by about 6.5. It's about $15. God damn. Yeah. That's so, a deal. So she'll, like, come to my home. I, all I gotta Dude, do is open the door. I can't even get door. fucking food delivered that cheap. Yeah. What the fuck? So, I don't know. There's some wild ones in there. And also, like I said, like, uh, what I was about to say, like, in Long Hua, before I met the English and Australian guy, I found a happy ending out there. Granted, I was desperately seeking one at that point. <laughs> like, I had to have that experience, man. I was, I was so curious about it, and so I found one, dude. But like, these were like village girls, man. They were hot, but like the girl was like, like the first girl I got, I'd never seen a foreigner her whole life, and like, so she came in and she just looked so fucking excited, dude. Like, she just skipped the whole massage. She was like, just. 
trying to basically sexy play with me the whole time. And, like, she got on top of the bed and started dancing, though, and I see she just got bushes for armpits, dude. <laughs> like, just fucking, <laughs> someone needed a weed whacker in there. Like, oh, my God, dude. Was that the first impression you got of, yeah, of I thought of having like, armpit hair? Dude, there's a shit ton of girls in China, though, man. I've fucked some pretty hot girls in China, and, like, they're just fucking hairy as fuck, and they got some dank-ass breath, dude. Really? Why Why do you think that is? Is it turned off? Yeah. We got some technical difficulties. Hold up. His mic turned on. Are we back on? Hold up. Yeah, we back. Yeah, we back. But I don't, not all of them. I I don't want to give that impression that all Chinese women are dirty or something, because that's not true. Man, I've, I've came across some beautiful ones that are very hygienic and very smart. And, you know, I, I don't want to give some stigma. Mm-hmm. But I've came across some that are just fucking like they're straight off a farm. You know, but they're yeah. fucking beautiful at first sight. And you, like, it's like the, the closer you get, when you see them naked and you smell their breath, you're like, dude, this this girl. Well, I mean, maybe from... a lot of people have bad breath. But or do you like, think it's like a thing over there? This is like a migration city, man. So like, a lot of these bitches are coming from like farmlands. You yeah, know, well, trying to make a life China's in the rural, city. Rural in general. Yeah. So like, the one I got for sure. You know, someone like. Obviously, it was like, hey, man, you leave your little farm town and your family. You come to Shenzhen. We'll give you this much a month, and you just whack dudes off. And she was like, all right, I can send half that money back to my family or something. Yeah. So, uh, but, yeah, she was dancing over. She ended up fucking getting me off twice in one session. And, like, just out of sheer willingness and wanting, like, it was... But, like, after the first time... I had the, the, the clarity come, and I was just like, I wanted to get out of there, dude. I was just staring at her bushes under her arms the whole time. And I could, she was, like, laying next to my face for a while, like, trying to rub my chest and, like, saying shit in Chinese. At that point, I didn't understand, and all I could smell was the rankness from her breath, like, cascading under my nose. And I was like, oh, oh fuck, hopefully I could get a boner again. <laughs> this, this is fucking horrible. But I ended up coming a second time. Great, great. How quickly did you get the fuck out of there after the second time? Oh, dude, yeah, it was quick. I went back again, though. (laughs) Did you get her? No, you get a different girl every time. The girls always try to get you to go the same one because they have, like, a number. They're not even a real person. Jesus. They they don't even have name tags. They have number tags. fucking sad. They're like, I'm number 16. (laughs) So, like, you go in there and they tell you, next time you come back, get my number. It's like, but I come back. I just hope I don't pass him in the hallway or something. Yeah, of course you want a different... I mean, come on. Yeah, it's like, I don't, I don't want to go back to you. It's the same pretty, price. It's pretty but sad, though, honestly. Anyways. Besides that, you could just pick up girls for free fairly easily. Yeah, well, I'm sure you figured that out pretty quickly. Yeah, I started with the happy endings, man, but I, I eventually learned and moved on to just getting freebies. <laughs> but it's not just me. Like the, Again, that, that shouldn't be sound like, taken as arrogance, man. Like, basically any foreigner can go over there and do the same thing. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm not saying, like, I'm some fucking hero for sex or something, (laughs) man. It's like, basically, any foreigner goes out there and puts in the effort, man. They're going to fucking slay. Right. Okay. So, a lot of happy endings, a lot of drinking and shit. Yeah. Um, One of the coolest things, actually, I liked outside of women was the fucking delivery services. So, like, there's this app called Meituan, 
and um, you can get any food from any restaurant basically delivered directly to your door in less than 30 minutes. And it's like fucking six dollars, and there's no tipping in China anywhere. Oh, no so fucking great. tipping. So fucking. So great. you just get on this this app, and you just scroll through all the restaurants in like a 5k radius, and like pick whatever you want, spend however much you want. You know, most of it like if you want a full meal with rice and some meats and some vegetables and a drink, and it's like. Sometimes it's as little as three dollars, and they'll fucking have they'll knock it on your front door with that shit in less than thirty minutes, and it's not a, even a commonplace to tip there. It's not even it's not even remotely expected. Shit. And also, you pay on your phone with everything through the WeChat app. Like my wallet is on my phone connected to my bank account, so you just scan QR codes. But like when I fucking buy the food on Meichuan, I would pay, you have a, like a password on your phone and it sends the money to the restaurant, so I gotta send my 6 yeah. or $3 or whatever, and that's the last of the money they're gonna ask from me, that some guy's gonna show up at my door within like probably about 20 minutes with a bag of food. Yeah, that sounds more advanced. I mean, here, they're just now sort of making things like Apple Pay more accessible, and even then, that's not necessarily the same thing. Like digital transactions, and then uh, like in Ireland, they're they're even more advanced still. They're sort of in between here and China. It's not yeah, quite it's, to the level that you're describing. It's everything so. though. Like um, paper money is almost becoming obsolete there. Like uh, even like the shared bicycles, they're all over the fucking city. You just scan the QR code on the back. It takes one quai out of your fucking bank account for an hour to ride it. And that's like fucking twenty cents. And you ride the bike wherever you want for an hour. If you want to go meet a friend, you want to ride to the skate park, you want to ride to the fucking bar, you want to ride home so, from work, you don't feel like taking the metro. The big question to me is, uh, obviously a lot of this, based on your description, sounds pretty fucking sweet. You know, Titty Fox, cheap bicycle rides, scenic view, all this other shit. But the question is, and I suppose this is subjective, is, is it worth it? Is it worth whatever cons you have to endure? Yeah, there's a balance for everything. I could ask myself that question anywhere I live. It's the same thing when I lived here. I said, is it worth it? Grinding those nine to five hours. I was actually working two jobs in America, man, just trying to get by. I was working in the morning. I was going to school at night. And I was working double shifts on the weekends. But, I mean, the, the, the air here is fresh, you know girls have fatter asses here <laughs> like, uh, i mean the foods yeah but that's twice the, as but also here, but um, i was about to say that tasty. i feel like the girls have fatter asses is also applicable in the sense that when you came back here your immediate reaction was holy fuck i forgot how fat people are well yeah so the fat asses, fat. but also the people like in china man like one out of a hundred people you see are fat 99 yeah. of them are not even five pounds overweight not even yeah. Not even they're actually probably five pounds underweight. Yeah. Like, uh, all like, dude, you just see like everybody has a fucking good body there. Like, I'll sometimes I'll be walking behind somebody. I'm like, damn, that's fucking. Hot. It turns around, <laughs> it's like a fucking grandma. And I'm like, oh, what was I doing for the last five minutes? <laughs> like, oh, fuck, man. The shit you were doing in your head. teeth and shit. you were doing in your head with this chick. Yeah, dude. She turns around. She's like, no teeth, man. Fucking, 
eyes are just bloodshot yellow from like the years of just fucking decaying cataracts or something. Yeah, I see <laughs> like, fucking cataracts and fucked up cirrhosis and shit. Yeah, and jaundice. Like, I was just fucking drooling over your asshole for like five minutes. <laughs> like, so, so there, obviously, you know the health and the. It feels like the accessibility, the availability. It's a big thing. Yeah, the convenience. And then here, obviously there are conveniences, but there are ways in which it's it's just lesser. So yeah, there's, you, there's over a here, it's for it all, man. Like uh, China and America. Like I love America uh, because after a while you get tired of the fucking crowds in China, man. Fucking people everywhere. And people have no goddamn respect when they're walking. Like they're so goddamn dumb. When they walk, they they walk like zombies on their fucking phones everywhere. When they stop to fucking write a message, they just stop in the middle of everybody. Even though there's like 15 people walking behind them in a crowded subway, they just stop in the middle, and what? Or if they're watching some dumbass Korean drama on their phone or something. And then the escalators, they never stand to one side respectably, like Japan or Korea or Taiwan. They're all just fucking scattered like fucking dumbasses, and they're fucking. They're fucking super un no manners when they eat. Like it's fucking the spitting bones all over the table the and fu- fucking nasty shit. Yeah, didn't you say the food is uh the food there, like there's fucking bones and everything. Yeah, they don't fillet anything. Nothing. Every okay. fucking piece of meat or fish or whatever you get has bones. Why do you think that is? Is there a particular reason? They just don't fillet it, man. They just cook it as it is. Is it like That's a it. preference thing or what? I just think, I mean, from what I learned, a lot of countries are like that. I, mean, I was talking to some buddies I skateboarded with. They're from Serbia, and another one was from Brazil, and they said this is the same thing in their countries. Hmm. I think America, just because our meat's processed, they ain't got no fucking bones. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking gel of paste. <laughs> it ain't even real meat, dude. <laughs> like, that's why there's no yeah, fucking bones. Yeah, I've seen bones, that fucking so. McChicken paste. That shit's yeah. fucked up. Look like pink no toothpaste. that shit. That's fucking tofu and dog shit mixed together and broiled. <laughs> so here, you know, it's the fat asses and the air. What else? Like, what did you miss? Well, yeah, like, what did you miss? That's what I'm curious about. Like, you're there for almost three years. You know, you're back here for a little while. I miss the open-mindedness. I mean, fuck the PC culture. I, I ain't jumping on that train because none of my friends are like that anyways. I mean, respect to whatever you believe in, but God, that shit annoys me. And it's like, my brother's gay, he calls me a faggot. You know, like, so many words are so, everybody's so offended by everything, that shit annoys me. But beyond that, I just don't associate with those people. My friends, I just have great conversations with, very open-minded, they're, you know, like, very adaptable and very, like, willing and capable of talking about so many things, but when you talk to, like, even, like, so many Chinese people, no matter how good their English is, like, most of them, not all of them, not all of them, I've met some that, you know, st- you know, stand in their own crowd when it comes to this, but uh, most of them just are incapable of having, like, their own personal opinions on anything that I find important. It's, like, almost like they're programmed computers to have conversations and just... You know, just just kind of like when they learn music, man. You'll have like a fucking six-year-old playing like a fucking Mozart symphony. But how many fucking composers do you see from China? Almost zero. 
they memorize and they learn, but they don't think. It seems like so. It's, it's almost like, like they're machines more yeah, than people. Yeah, it's like it's, I'm not saying that again for all of them. Yeah, you're not generalizing. You're up. just saying yeah, you're not gonna fucking generalize an entire nation or some shit. You're just saying your general experience was... from the ones I've met personally. Yeah, yeah. it's it's not for the whole country because I'm sure there's plenty of brilliant minds out there. I'm sure there's a lot of songwriters out there. I'm yeah. sure there's a people lot of with people original with free thought. thinking out there. Right. But the ones I met, it just it just seemed like they were so systematically programmed and it's like the conversation with them are so diluted and dull that it's like that was i almost felt like okay yeah i learned another language while i was out there but i lost a lot of my own yeah because i had to dumb myself down for so long yeah it's it's almost like everything that's said between people who are speaking that language is out of necessity only yeah like even like talking with you today before the podcast man like so many times throughout the day i was like fuck i haven't heard that word in years you know like there was like 10 times i had to say that in my head i'm like i know that word but fuck i haven't heard that word yeah. in like three years right, you almost ordered the fucking coffee in chinese yeah like it's like <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> fucking ing- oh, oh, oh wait 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 yeah, fucking, was, i mean uh it's fucking weird because i like i had to like kind of go back through my mind i'm like what's that mean okay Fuck, I haven't heard that. Yeah, like, because yeah. everything is such simple conversation. And also teaching English as a daily job to someone as a second language, it's like you're dumbing yourself down even more. You're teaching the bare bones. Yeah, but then once I started learning a lot of Chinese, I, I was able to start teaching more advanced English because I could translate a lot more in Chinese to them if need be. But I started off just teaching phonics. Just the phonetical sounds for letters, basically. So you're just like a fucking monkey in a room, like holding up flashcards, like Apple. It's fucking. It was almost degrading in a certain sense, but luckily I got out of that, and I, I got out of all the phonics classes. I started teaching things that were slightly reputable, and. A little bit rewarding when I got home because I started keeping the students for so long that I would see their long-term progress and I would see them improve themselves and their language abilities and I was like fuck I did that that was cool you know like so after a while it, it started getting it was it was nice but at first I was like dude I felt like a goddamn circus monkey for like a year I was just a circus monkey dude just fucking performing like a, a white clown you know like it's just well yeah and i would imagine not just on that level like think about it you see yourself as that way just professionally right like you're just some fucking as you put it clown and then even sexually even though it's gratifying to you it's really not you that they're interested in it's the oddity of what you represent yeah right so it's almost like like you're a clown in that sense yeah because even when i yeah dude because when i meet him at the bars or wherever i met him then i would be talking to him half the shit they didn't understand what i was saying they just nod their head and smile like haha like pretending they're fascinated but it's like all right you want to go back to my place and have a shot (laughs) (laughs) it's almost like the the entire experience i mean no i want to say the entire experience the most of the experience sounds at least with the people who are native there not the other foreigners, just sounds incredibly shallow and empty. Yeah, like, I wish, I still wish I made more Chinese friends when I was there. 
because I'm sure there's a lot of cool ones. I did meet a few that were just abnormally smart, fucking proficient in English, culturally inclined to not only America, to so many countries because they met all their foreign friends are from different countries. I met some really, but they were never like my friends. They were friends of other friends and shit that I never got to hang out with much. But the, all the people I met, I just couldn't like connect with. So almost all my friends, all of, actually all of my friends are just foreigners from other countries. Like no Chinese friends. Like people from Russia, from Serbia, from Slovakia, from England, from Wales, from Ireland, from Australia, Canada. Uh, but no Chinese friends, really, because it was just so different and so hard because, I mean, maybe not everybody, but me, conversation and, like, getting to know somebody on a deeper level is an important part of, like, building a relationship with somebody. And if you can't do that, it's just like, yeah, you can go do something together if it's, like, an activity, but you can't sit down and chill with them at your home. Yeah. You know, like, it's just not fun. Right. Well, I mean, communication is the fucking foundation to anything. It doesn't matter. I mean, a friendship, a fucking relationship. I mean, whatever. Yeah, language everything. is what built civilizations, man. Right. Besides and then when agriculture. There's, when but... there's a fucking giant barrier there, it you know, it's pretty detrimental. So, your takeaway, like, your takeaway, obviously, I'm, I'm sure it's an experience you don't regret necessarily because you gained a lot out of it. It's, it was di- it's a hell of a lot different than what you were doing. Well, let me actually finish by saying this because now I feel like an asshole because <laughs> I know a lot of people are probably thinking you should learn more Chinese you piece of shit then you could have had a fucking Chinese friend <laughs> you know, like that's I'm, I'm sure that's what a lot of people are thinking it's like I tried but like my excuse it's not it's not really anything more than an excuse it's just an excuse it's like I'm just teaching English every day so I'm trying to use English every day and like they actually have a strict rule like in the schools they try to tell you to your best, like, try to only speak English the whole class. We want a full English, like, if you need to translate something, you don't even, you don't even say it. Tell the TA, like the teacher assistant, they'll translate it. We want them to just focus on the English, practice their listening, and practice their pronunciation for everything. So it's like, the whole work days, it's just English. And even when you're on break, the teacher assistants, they just want to speak to you in English. They want to practice their English. And then when you do meet Chinese friends outside, some guys will try to speak to you in Chinese at bars because they're just like, fuck it, I'm not learning English. You know, they're too old for it now. But any girl you meet or anything, it's like, if you get a girl from there, they want to practice their English too with you. So you're constantly like needing to speak English. But that's no excuse really in retrospect because I know a lot of people out there that are fluent now. Me, I probably know like 400 words, enough to do everything I need to do. Get food, go through taxis, go to the shopping mart, have simple conversations. You know, teach the the shit I need to in right, the classroom. Right, like, like I said earlier, I think most of their most of the language you encountered is purely off necessity. Yeah, besides like, yeah, the most I learned is like in the classrooms. Actually, my students probably taught me the most of my Chinese as I'm teaching them English. That's pretty cool. That's pretty yeah, so, like, I learned... Because I never took... Like, a lot of people take the time, instead of drinking at bars afterwards, like I did, a lot of people would take nighttime classes to learn Chinese. I didn't do that. You know, then that's my own fault. You know, so I can't really do anything but give excuses. You right. know, like, 
But even st- having said that, I mean, that's that's certainly, you know, I guess that's a good caveat. It's a good warning. You know, that's a good asterisk, I'll say, to the whole experience. But, like I said, I doubt you regret it because it's far different than what you're doing. It's better to have done it than not, as opposed to just grinding the same old shit. But having said that, do you, I mean, we've talked about this prior to recording, but just sort of your overall takeaway what you would like is it a place you want to stay what do you want to do no like i would love to stay but i feel like i can't because you turn into peter pan if you stay out there i know fucking like 50 year olds doing the same job as me for the same money simply because they're fat pieces of shit and they're not going to get no pussy back home so they're staying out there as like fat bald like unkempt so they want to stay they want to live as the clown yeah but because they can get sexy chinese women because they're the audit right but again like you're i feel like that choice isn't living to be a person it's living to be a symbol of something well it's also it inflates the ego so much living out there and it also you get caught in the peter pan syndrome you just don't grow up like you just go to bars every night after work and you drink with your friends as if you're 19, 20 years old every day. But, like, the conversations start to go in circles even with the foreigners. It's like every day you're drinking with these guys. Because like, none you of you are some... growing. None of you are growing in that instance, in that circumstance. Because that's why it just becomes a big fucking circle. Yeah, you have a few. Like, I had a few friends most of them from England that were like responsible guys. They got one girlfriend they stayed with. I mean, they were constantly learning. They were learning their Chinese. I mean, every time I hung out with them, I felt like I was growing. But then I had certain friends that were just like all about like after work, like, uh, mate, man, did you get some pussy today? Are you going to get on Tantan and make a few swipes? You know, like, <laughs> it's like, that was the whole conversation. I feel like that's, obviously it's a preferential thing. I feel like the people would prefer that grind, but I think then it almost becomes its own grind. It's certainly a different grind than you had in America, but that in and of itself is a grind. It is, but like after a while, it's like I, I see how people do it their whole life, but it's like, man, dude, some people don't even have sex with 50 people their whole lives, dude. Like my first year in China, one year, you fuck 50 That's girls. and It's like, nuts. It's like, so like, yeah, you could sit there and do that your whole life and just keep doing that. But it's like, is it worth it? Like, eventually you'll catch an STD or you'll get one of these bitches <laughs> pregnant or something, you know? It's you, like, off, you wake up, your dick's rotted off. Yeah, something something bad's going to happen eventually. And it's like, you can't can't play the Peter Pan role forever, man. You got to, even if you're going to do that, cut it down and try it somewhere else. You know, like, you can't just keep... Yeah, I guess you can. You can keep living that life. <laughs> but oh, you can do whatever the fuck you want yeah. to do, but I feel like it's safe to say that life... E- either you're, an, uh, you're a nihilist and nothing means anything, or yeah. if anything has... Ve- but if you either you're a fucking nihilist, and that, to me, is just a hedonistic, nihilistic lifestyle, or if anything does have value, then that inevitably has no value. Because... You have nothing to weigh it against. Right. You you just if 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 you don't give a shit, then yeah, you're gonna just keep repeating the same shit. It's, life becomes cyclical and you never grow. If you care at all, 
then at a certain fucking juncture, wherever that may be, you're going to fucking decide, like, I can't do this anymore. I have to make a change to be able to grow. Because if you're not a nihilist, then life is about growth, whatever that means. If it's love, if it's family, if it's traveling, if it's knowledge, whatever. Yeah, that's my conundrum when I'm stuck in between sometimes because I get stuck in the the life of easy women and easy jobs and good money and just uh, living so... I know people are always like, it's a communist country. But it's like, dude, I live so free there. <laughs> so fucking free. You know, I wake up when I want to wake up. I, dude, I get fucking like almost $40 an hour for private English lessons. You know, untaxed because I'm working there illegally. <laughs> I could say that because nobody knows who the fuck I am. Fuck all you. <laughs> I don't pay no goddamn taxes. I'm on a travel visa. Like, I fucking... I have my apartment signed under some Chinese person's name. Like, <laughs> like, like, I'm just fucking riding under the radar. Like, I don't even exist. Like, yeah. But, but at the same time, that's a really interesting choice of words. You're living there as a ghost, basically. But that, in and of itself, is is an issue. It's like, yeah, it's it's complete freedom. But it's also a dangerous fucking road because if you don't discipline yourself, it's just a fucking slope. You know what I mean? It, it, that's what I was talking about. Like, well, I think I was trying to talk about it. I drink a little bit of whiskey now. <laughs> but um, it's like getting stuck. What I was trying to say, the slope is like getting stuck in the Peter Pan life. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, if you don't want to grow, that's all good and well. Man, I, I do know people in their 50s that are, they, they seem genuinely happy. Living that lifestyle, the same one I'm living right now in my 20s, mm-hmm. and like, they don't seem discontent in the least. You know, like they seem like. They're well, you, be I would also forever. imagine when you're the like the people you're describing, not so much yourself, but you know these older guys who are fucking no way, they're getting this here, you know, or wherever the fuck they're from. Certainly so not. obviously for them, it's even it's more overwhelmingly gratifying. Yeah, I mean, there's one dude. Oh, it would blow your mind. Bald, fat, like, I mean, I guarantee he can't see his dick over his belly. <laughs> He's that one in 100 fat person. He's not even the, Chinese. Yeah, he slipped in the bathroom, broke his front tooth out. So he's got a missing front tooth. Like straight he's, up, he don't have a bridge or anything? No, like the one right front tooth is gone. Like, he just didn't Damn. get it fixed. He slipped in the bathroom, hit his face on the counter. Broke his tooth out. As cheap as the dental belly. shit is there. Dude, it's so cheap. Then I what the fuck's his excuse? I don't know. I, I mean, he has a different excuse for everything. It's one of those guys. Yeah. But um, this motherfucker's getting pussy. Like, crazy. And, like, I've seen some of the girls he fucked. He fucked a doctor. Damn. He fucked a doctor, dude. Like, like what uh, What job do you think? Like, what would this guy... Where's he from? Do you know? He's from England. Okay. What do you think he'd be doing if he were in England right now? I don't... Uh, dude, I don't know. Because, like, it's one of those dudes that me and my friends have all come to the conclusion that he's a like a pathological liar because like he has all these grand stories that but none of them seem plausible for him as as a person yeah so i can't really tell you what he would be doing or wouldn't be doing because i don't really know his true life because i think everything he's told me is a lie (laughs) so i I really can't answer that question i have no idea of uh, of his credentials for what he actually said was true he could have a decent job back home the women would be slim to none. If you saw this dude, you would understand what I'm saying. It's not being a dick or anything. It's just like this guy doesn't take care of himself. 
So no one want, is going to want to take care of him. Right. <coughs> Died. <laughs> Sorry. Goddamn e-cigarette. <laughs> Killing me. It's a Chinese e-cigarette, too. <laughs> I don't even know what's inside of it. Should be propylene glycol and vegetable glycerin, but it could just be like, you know, a dead cat. <laughs> fucking SARS baked in there. Yeah, I don't really know what's Spoken in it. Smoking some fucking SARS. But, yeah, it, you'd be surprised. It's just a fucking circus out there to a certain degree. But at the same time, like I said, there's an order to the chaos. It keeps running. The economy keeps growing. Money keeps coming in. You know, life life gets better and better for the people living there. It doesn't really seem communist to a certain degree. Although everything is blocked. You know, YouTube's blocked. Google's blocked. Facebook's blocked. Instagram, Twitter, so on and so forth. However, we all have a an evasion to that. We, you just get a VPN and you can you know, slip around the firewall. Do they enforce wall. shit, like, against that or anything like that? Yeah, there's laws against it, man. Like, uh, any, like, the app stores in China, if, like, there's a free VPN or something on the app store, it's completely cut off pretty quickly. But, like, I found a guy in England who sells VPNs to people in China. I paid 99 Kwai for six months. 99 Kwai is, fucking, I don't know, like, 30 bucks or something for six months. Less than 30 bucks, probably. And so, yeah, and I just pay him on WeChat. I just fucking type in with my two fucking fat thumbs and send him a goddamn little bit of money. And all the next thing I know, I'm on Facebook, YouTube. It's no big deal. But um, a lot of fucking Chinese people don't even know about VPN. I mean, the smart ones do. The people who go to college abroad and the people who know English and talk to other foreigners and are insightful about the world. A lot of Chinese people do have VPN and they know it pretty well. But there's a lot of people in China I met that are just like, oh no, we don't we don't have that. Mm. It's like they just have no idea. Well what with all that said, what do you what do you think's your next move? Like where do you want to go next? What do you want to do? I really don't know. Um I definitely want to come back and chill in America for a while. But the next, I, I obviously just gonna keep teaching English, but um, I think I, I'm stuck. Oh, difficulties again. Reengaging Mike. One sec. Okay, we back on. Yeah, we're good. Go ahead. Yeah, so I'm stuck between South America and a few other places, like um. I've seen so many, because I, I got my teaching certifications from the TEFL Academy in Chicago, and uh, uh, I keep seeing places on there every day, on their Instagram, or other people just like me, but doing it in a different country, and some of them seem so beautiful. I've seen Costa Rica, uh, Germany, uh, Spain, you know, like... Uh, few places in South America and all these places look really intriguing and enticing so I haven't really you know found out which one is my calling next and it's like uh, I'm kind of uh, dreading learning a third language now because I know if I go to another country I'm gonna have to learn another language <laughs> and it's like uh, I just learned Chinese <laughs> like shit now I'm gonna have to learn another one but uh, hopefully whatever country I pick next 
At least has a fucking alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what about uh? I mean, do you feel like part of you would want to just go somewhere more? I don't. I don't want to say reckless, but uh, like South America, I think is obviously. I don't fucking know. I'm not a South American, but seems like less overall first world or civilized in comparatively to, to like Germany or, or some more yeah, Western place. I would love to go to South America, but the pay is so goddamn low there. I got spoiled because basically the highest paying country for English teachers as a second language is China. And that's the Ooh. first place I went to. So you're just going to go down. Yeah. So <laughs> my pay is only going to go down. Yeah. As soon as I leave, I'll well, never I, make I would as say much that money as I'm making now. What's the demand? But because there's so many fucking people there, and there's so few Americans who are willing to go there. Well, they're, they're taking teachers from like any country now, basically. Well, yeah, not just America, but just but people in general. People I feel from England, yeah, Canada, and Australia will I, get the most. I still money. feel like those people are what, like, to put it in perspective. Irish people, fucking. For one, you mentioned this before we started recording. This is a couple of days ago that uh, they want an American accent because it's the most neutral. Someone who's Irish, like, again, having gone to Ireland, sometimes I'm like, what the fuck did that guy say? <laughs> yeah, not all of them, but uh, certainly a lot of them do. Like, I've had a lot of schools, like, like I said, I I just have an associate's degree in my, all my teaching certifications. I've gone up against somebody in an interview with a master's degree from England and he also has teaching certifications. I had an associate's degree in my teaching certifications, and they picked me because I'm American. And mm-hmm. so I I got that job simply just because of the way I sound when I talk. Yeah. So, but China is like very prejudiced when it comes to teaching. Like they'll take me first. They're racist also. Not all of them, of course. But a lot of the we have to stipulate every fucking point. Just let it be known that we're not generalizing from from here on out. Yeah, but the teaching centers do generalize, and they are racist. Like, um, I'm tall, blonde hair, blue eyes, and American. Yeah, you're as white as they come. Yeah, so like, like they'll pick me over almost anybody that I go against, because like, yeah, as bad as this is to say. A, like there's WeChat groups for teachers, and some of them literally and blatantly just say no blacks. Damn. Like just there's like they're savage, man. Like and what's with that? Considering like the likelihood that a black American yeah they still, speaks well, more they neutralized. First. Yeah, they, fucked. it's fucked up because I feel like a, a black American speaks more clear neutral English than say someone from England or Ireland or something like that or Australia. So exactly. what what would they be more likely to be like a, a black man or it's say racism. or it's... like a black man or an Irish man? But the black man's from America, the Irish guys from obviously from Ireland. Uh, they'd pick the guy from Ireland first. Really? Most likely. I don't know if for everybody, but from my experience being there almost 3 years, yeah. Yeah, I'd say not I've a lot of seen... black folks head over to China. Yeah, but, I mean, don't get me wrong. Black people do get jobs. I've seen a lot of black people in China, and they they make a good living, but it's harder for them. And they, they're they discriminated against just as much as they are in America. And it's it's kind of sad 
you know, like seeing that over there, it's like, man, so in other, all it's the like way across in, the world, you're seeing the same problems. Well, it's like in ways they're more progressive than us, and then other ways they're far more regressive. Because here, I feel like, yeah, blacks and police brutality is a very serious fucking problem. But you problem. can't fucking discriminate on a job here. They're so discriminatory on jobs that on your resume in China, you're required to put your photo on it. Damn. You can't put your photo on your resume in, in America. You can't do it because that's just grounds for discrimination. Right, and also here, the, again, there are fucking certainly issues, like violence, get fucking, not to get derailed off the travel shit, but issues against fucking violence and black people and this, that, and the other, obviously. Having said that, though, do we have fucking programs like, which I don't necessarily agree with, affirmative action where you get hired because you're black or you get a scholarship because you're black? You know, I feel like there needs to be a middle ground. I just feel like you should just get fucking hired based on your merit. It really shouldn't matter. Exactly. But, you know. like I said there, you're required to put your fucking photo. So, obviously, I put my photo on there, and they're like, oh, tall, fucking skinny, blonde hair, blue-eyed American guy. It's like, basically any fucking job I apply for, they're like, you're hired. Welcome. Like, <laughs> Well, I don't... It, again, just to double down on what I said before, the majority of the experience sounds from fucking getting a job there to just the fucking nightlife and what you're doing the, what's what's the fucking tinder app tantan 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 <laughs> and all this other shit it just sounds so fucking so shallow your your conversations yeah you know the language that you use throughout <coughs> there everything just seems so fucking skim surface level oh dude they're super shallow not generalizing <laughs> I feel like you ever see that fucking Seinfeld episode? It was a pretty big deal back in the day, and uh, one, some some chick thinks that Jerry and George are fucking gay, and they're like, "We're not gay." Not that there's anything wrong with that. Every fucking time, yeah. they got a preface. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, this is that moment. It is, man. But they are shallow. Is not all of them, but they're shallow, man. Like they're so fucking. And it's like, dude, they're obsessed with keeping their fucking skin white. Like, in the summer, they go out with umbrellas just to keep the fucking sun off their skin. I think that goes back farther, if I remember correctly, because darker skin was attributed to being in poverty. And probably a worker, you know, out exactly in the field right. because of the sun. Because and... the people that had dark skin worked in the farms. The people that are light skin had the privilege to stay inside all day, so their skin wouldn't get dark. Yeah. So that's like mentality of beauty just never faded. So even now today, people are so obsessed with keeping their skin as white as possible there. And the whiter it is to the Chinese men specifically, or more particularly, is so beautiful. Like me, I prefer a tan girl. You know, like. So, like, because, you know, in, in America, like, the girls lay out on the beach, me and the tan, they look better. Like, so, like, if I see a tan Chinese girl, I'm like, oh, she's way hotter. And I've talked to Chinese colleagues before, and they're like, you think she's hot? Oh, look at her skin. Oh. And I'm like, what? Who do you think's hot? Yeah. And they show me pictures online of these Barbie doll-looking girls that all have nose jobs because they love western noses the what about tall the eye skinny surgery? noses like your big ass fucking falcon nose would just fucking be wonderful in china what the fuck dude they bro love i have the biggest the, fucking nose they don't ever. call it big noses or they call or long they call tall they say tall you have a very tall nose bro i got a dude. tall ass yeah. nose. this shit is skyscraper <laughs> they love that shit though because i got a pretty big nose too 
And uh, <laughs> but like I hear it all the time. Oh, your nose is so nice. I've had like girls like rub my nose oh, before when we're shit. in bed. Just like rub it. Like your nose is so. Ni-. I'm like. Yeah. See, I don't. I don't know about that. I don't know. Again, you've lived there for a long time now, and I, I don't know how I would fare. I, you know, I'm fucking married now. It doesn't really matter. But hypothetically, like, I'm I'm a pretty fucking odd looking guy. I'm ginger as fuck. Got tattoos everywhere. Hard to hide them, you know. Yeah. Some of them. I mean, they're fucking all the way down my arms. So I don't feel like I'm more universal. More universally. Uh, You're more unique, though. And I mean, that's even more special to a certain extent, man. <laughs> like, uh, honestly, like, when it comes to jobs for teaching, specifically, blonde hair, blue eyes, oh, yeah. tall is, like, the preference. But they'll take, they'll take more, obviously. But, like, girls, man... I basically any foreigner. I mean, I see a lot of guys from the Middle East killing it, man. I see. I mean, I see a lot of dudes just from any country. If you're a foreigner, they're killing it, man. Like, yeah. You know, it's not just the but again, it, it's guys still, like me that are killing it. Everybody's killing it it's, out there. It's just the shallowness. I don't know, man. It's like people think America's a shallow country, but goddamn, dude, China's shallow as it comes, dude. It's yeah. it's shallow. But um, like there there's I've met a lot of really good-hearted people out there man like my one of my first girlfriends out there man she was she had no like uh brainwashed stigmas in her mind she was just like it was just like an american girl and born in china man she was just super down to earth cool with everything you know uh so it's not you know but i don't know there's i feel like the the mass of people that i met or yeah what I'm trying to not generalize. <laughs> well, I think the interesting thing, like if you went to to finish my point though earlier, I think that any any English native English speaker who's white from wherever the fuck is super less likely to go to China than to say Germany. Absolutely. Right? So that's why they pay so fucking much. So in Germany, you're gonna get paid less, but you know, you're you're around so many countries with so many different cultures. Which, yeah. of course, you are there as well, but, you know, it's totally different. It's more westernized, and it's more relatable. Exactly, man. China's there's so much shit that's yep. just unrelatable. But also, holy fuck me, it's so expensive in Europe. Everything. It's just so goddamn so expensive. fucking cheap. Dude. Yeah. See, that's the appeal. manufactured there. Yeah, so you get paid a shitload. Everything's dirt fucking cheap. Yeah, it's just like... it's. I can see how it's just easy to get caught. To yeah, get caught I there. Mean, anytime and, I want to fucking travel... I have the money to travel. Like, yeah. I pick up, like, my job's like, hey, we're going to have five days off. I could <coughs> impetuously just buy a ticket to fucking Thailand or Cambodia the next day. And yeah. Just pick up and go there. You know, no problem. And it's like, <laughs> fuck. Or and South the cost, Korea. And or, the cost to travel from China as well is probably so fucking cheap. That's what I'm saying. Right. The airplane tickets to anywhere in Southeast Asia is just dirt cheap. Dude. Yeah. So for me, it's like like I told you, my ticket to Thailand's twelve hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. For me, it was like it's nine. It's like round trip, impromptu ticket. It's like probably nine hundred to a thousand kwai, which is about one hundred and fifty bucks. That's fu- fuck you, dude. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> It's fucking crazy. Yeah, but for me, it, it, I just feel like the it's just the peace. It's somebody who just, as I said earlier today, somebody who just really loves 
isolation sometimes and that clear mind it just seems like it'd be nearly impossible you're just being it feels like you're just being fucking drowned in a sea of voices yeah man it's uh it's hard to filter it out sometimes because it's so busy all the time all the time man like uh anywhere you go there's people but to a certain degree i think everyone has that problem to where to a certain point like during the day like if you're not out to socialize like everybody is just ignoring everybody as if nobody exists you know people are constantly walking on walking around just watching fucking tv shows on their cell phones as they're walking through traffic like that's totally not uncommon at all they just block out the rest of the world around them yeah that's anywhere it's just magnified there because there's so many more people yeah so like it, it's, it's strange but as a foreigner it's not as easy to hide yourself because you have a lot of people staring a lot you know so it's like even if you try to hide yourself and blend into the world you're still like me i'm tall as fuck so i'm like a foot taller than most people and i'm fucking big ass head of blonde hair and i'm like you know every black hair and shorter so it's like anywhere i walk you know, everyone's like, <laughs> like who's this fucking jolly green giant <laughs> yeah so, so how, do, how does it feel though to to be back in america dude first time being back in almost three years it's pretty great it's pretty fucking great just the silence is it is it weird just to hear it's fucking nothing that was one of the things that tripped me out the most when i first moved to china was the noises at night it never stops man the car you could always hear the streets you could always hear something people screaming in chinese like fucking all sorts of shit at all any given time but being in the south of america and and like kind of like almost like a countryside city like it's just the roads are quiet even when you're driving like when you're here in the house man you can't hear anything outside i haven't seen a fucking front or backyard in three <laughs> years man like everything is just high-rise buildings yeah there's no houses i'm sure there is outside the it's just fucking pastures of pavement yeah it's like it's, it's just a big concrete jungle i mean i went to a few other places in china but all the other places i went to in china are also big cities i went to huizhou guangzhou chengdu and shit but like i haven't actually gone to like a proper village yeah you know so i don't i'm sure they got houses i'm sure they got grass and yards but I but even never... then it's like that's almost a, a massive shift because I would say that a lot of it's highly regressive, you know, like the it way was, that they I went live. To the outskirts of Guangzhou, like the city of Guangzhou, is just totally, you know, modernized. But I went to the countryside, and I went up into the mountains, and like when I was driving through the back road, there's like fucking wild chickens running across the street and shit, and yeah. un on unpaved roads, like it was fucking insane. And then like the building that I got lunch in was just looked like an abandoned concrete building with like a hole in the side of it. But on the second floor, there was just like a normal restaurant. I was like, what the fuck dude? They had like a nice tables and shit inside, but like yeah. the building looked like it was just came out of like a war scene from a movie. 
Damn. I was like, what the? And there's like, literally in the parking lot too, the unpaved gravel parking lot. There's just fucking. That's uh, what I'm saying. It's, it's just night and day. That. There is no middle. There's no middle. It doesn't seem like. I'm sure there is. You just haven't I seen haven't it. I haven't seen it. But it just seemed right. like it went from city to rural, <laughs> city to rural, city to rural. Well, so you come back here, obviously, just fucking silence and peace is probably a big deal. You know, is there anything else besides. Obviously, uh, instinctively trying to speak shit in Chinese. Uh, I think this just is for the south of America, but the fucking kind-heartedness. I mean, I went in, because the first thing I do is go to Biscuitville, <laughs> get something with bacon on it. I haven't had bacon, like proper bacon, in like three years. So I got like the ultimate bacon biscuit with the fucking lady at the counter. She's like, oh, thanks, sweetheart. Yeah, blah. like she was just so fucking nice. And it's like, I hadn't seen that kind of like yeah. hospitality. Like a human so being. Long. Yeah, like everyone there is just like a machine. It's like, oh, next, 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 next. 16, <laughs> like, 16, come back. Yeah, like, <laughs> Pick me, 16. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was fucking weird, man. Like, I was so surprised. I guess maybe it's probably not like that in New York City. And actually, my whole life in America, I never went to New York, but I don't know. I imagine it's like it's just a Chinese version of New York City, <laughs> like where I was yeah. at. But where I was living was like fucking five times the amount of people as New York City. And fucking probably three times the goddamn size. Yeah. Like, it's just on fathomable to a certain extent coming from the south like I did you know yeah, how coming, fucking big a place yeah and how be. massive how fucking many people all confined into one area it was just I just feel like the only image I can feel is it feels like the way you describe it I mean again not to generalize oh fuck but I'm sure there are many good things but it, the overall impression feels like being a fucking sardine in a can like that Radiohead song. That's certainly what the subways feel like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what I was. Ima- that's the exact same thing I was imagining. And then here, it just feels like being a little fucking fish yeah. floating around a little fucking pond somewhere. Like, dude, some of the other countries in Southeast Asia are even crazier, man. Cambodia, for instance, was a fucking. That was a real circus, dude. First, I went to CM Reap because I wanted to see Anchor Wat. That place was fucking chaos, dude. Like, yeah, if you're going there and you're staying sheltered in a five-star hotel and you're taking tours to, you know, the the famous sites and stuff, it's you're not going to really see the depth of this fucking madness. But, you know, I was right there in the center, the epicenter of the fucking craziness. And when I stayed there, it's like... People selling scorpions and snakes to eat on the street. There's fucking people with no legs crawling down the road. What the fuck? There's fucking... Every tuk-tuk driver is trying to sell you drugs after the sun goes down. Even when the sun's not going down, they're trying to sell you at least weed. Like, uh... Yeah, the pizza places you go to. Like, you order pizza, they ask if you want pizza or if you want happy pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, I always got the happy pizza. (laughs) But... I mean, it's just like, dude, I got a fucking sandwich bag full of weed. Like, like a fucking sock bag for 10 American dollars. Jesus <laughs> fucking. It was like, that shit would have lasted me fucking six months. 
I was there for like 20 days. Jesus and fuck. Like after when I was done, I just had to throw the weed in a trash can. It was like a fucking. There was still like a whole bag, <laughs> like not like at the bottom of it full. Like this thing was stuffed like a Thanksgiving turkey. <laughs> like, and like, like who sells that much weed for ten dollars? <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Yeah, Grant was telling me a story about you going to fucking Bangkok or something, some kind of dildo shit. Oh, dude, my first 20 seconds outside the taxi in Bangkok was fucking... Wow. <laughs> like... <laughs> I have no words. There was no words to describe it. Like, the taxi driver, <clears throat> he seemed so normal on the way there. But I guess I, I didn't really realize it, but I had booked my hotel in the red light district. And I went there with a Chinese girl who I had just met. And we were taking the the taxi from the airport to our hotel and the taxi driver is very normal and casual as he's driving just asking questions like where are you from what are you doing where do you live blah 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 fuck you and then all of a sudden he stops and he's still like later I figured out he was like three blocks from our fucking hotel <laughs> he just fucking drops us off on the side of this road and he's Blasts open the door immediately, slings open my door, grabs me on the dick, and like, like, like clamp clamps onto my dick with his hand, and I'm like fucking scooting back, kicking the door, like, and he's like, "Lady boys everywhere!" <laughs> Get you, a lady boy! <laughs> and like, all of a sudden, he turned into like a fucking carny or something, you know? Fuck? Like, I was like, "What the fuck just happened, dude?" Like, he went from sane. You know, taxi driver that has a family back home to fucking sell you two tickets for the ride. <laughs> like, like in the snap of a finger. And I was like, fuck, dude. So I got out of the taxi as quick as I could. And he's, like, still coming at me. And I'm like, dude, I got to put a hand up, like, on his chest. Like, keep the distance. Like, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. And I'm like, all right, dude. What's the meter say? Like, how much do I owe you for the taxi? I give it the, the money. And he still, I could hear him shouting about ladyboys as I'm circling around the taxi to get to the sidewalk. And there's so many people going by on the sidewalk. I, I'm like, ah, all right. So I try to step onto it, and there's just like a defeated boy laying on a dirty blue towel on the dirty fucking sidewalk. And his head is like the size of a watermelon. It's got like elephantitis or something in his head, and there's dents and bumps all over it like it's never like and but it was even more accentuated because his body was like toothpick arms and toothpick legs like it looked like an ethiopian starved bodies a child's body with a watermelon head that had been kicked in and like was he alone no right above his head there was this woman on her knees screaming a prayer and I guess in the in Thai language, and just but screaming it, like just I guess begging for money, and this boy, I he looked dead, like he didn't look like he had any life left in him, like he was like oh like in fetal position, like no movement, like almost naked. He had something covering like like a like a small clothing that looked like slightly resembled underwear. And then it's, I, I literally had to step over him, though, to get onto the sidewalk. Because there were so many people. So I had to, like, step over this poor fucking possibly dead child. And then directly in front of the woman screaming and crying on her knees above him 
was an Indian man selling dildos at like a fold-out table, like right in front of him. And I was just like, that was my first impression of Bangkok. <laughs> and I was like, I got out of the taxi and saw all of that, and I was just like, what the fuck is this world? <laughs> like, what is happening? Oh, shit. Oh, my God, dude. It was fucking insane. But there is... Yeah. Cambodia, there was crazy shit like that, too, man. Like, I remember we were like... It, none of the roads were paved in Siem Reap. So you were just constantly, like, the touch-touch flying through there, and you're just breathing in dirt the whole time because it's just flinging it up from the tires. And you're just... Uh, uh, like, people... Everyone... Not everyone, but many people just had, like, bandanas and shit over their faces as they're, like, old fucking Western cowboys or something. <laughs> like, like, and, like, I remember there's, like, you go down to the end of this dark alleyway. Right, that's right where my fucking first hostel was, of course. And there's a bar called Last Call. And these fucking lady boys would just fucking three on one scooter. And cruise <laughs> like cruise like holding on for dear life up and down past these couple bars trying to solicit people to fuck them in the ass or let them fuck you in the ass or something. Like <laughs> fucking run a train. Like, dude, I don't know what it was. Like everyone like the bat there was no bathrooms. <laughs> And you gotta piss so much, like, drinking there. And they sell you these fucking big-ass fucking beer cups for 50 cents a pop. So, like, I'm, like, finally asked the guy, like, where's the fucking bathroom? And he, like, points across the alleyway. And it's just, like, a wooden box that has a door on it. And I went inside, and there was, like, a hundred lizards in there. <laughs> so, like, as you're pissing, you have to, like, worry about lizards crawling up your feet and shit. Like... <laughs> And then as I come out, one time, the scooter with those three trannies come out, and like, uh, like I was just kind of having fun with them for a minute, like, and they're like, "Oh, what you want?" And I was like, "I don't remember what I said." I, we we ended up getting on the topic of like sucking dick, and uh, she goes, "Okay, two of us suck your dick. Middle one can't do it. She got mm on her lip." <laughs> <laughs> and she's like puckering her lips out real far basically I think trying to say she has herpes on her lip and shit and I was like so I, I started going even more and so like, I was like I can just kind of fuck with her at this point I was like alright how much for the blowjob with herpes <laughs> and, like, and she's like you want the mm-mm <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and it just started getting wild <laughs> like, like after like a few days there you just start fucking with the prostitutes when they try to fuck with you. Like, oh, is this Cambodia? You start, yeah, you just start asking wild <laughs> questions to see what they'll do. What was more <laughs> fucked up, Cambodia or Thailand? Uh, equal in their own ways. Yeah. Equal in their own ways. I think your I first impression of Thailand was the Cambodia. most fucked up. Do what? <laughs> your first impression of Thailand. I don't know if that can be topped. Yeah, the, the first impression was fucked. Yeah, I arrived there at nighttime. I arrived during in Cambodia during the day. I had... Uh, you know, pretty peaceful arrival there. But once the night fell, oof, it got creepy, dude. But uh, when I was in Cambodia, I was so afraid to fuck any of those women. Because, like, when I went to Phnom Penh in Cambodia, there was, like, no lady boys. But in um, Siem Reap, it seems like just as much as Bangkok, 
So I was like afraid to fuck any like Cambodian women because I was like they might have a dick. So <laughs> I ended up fucking some <coughs> Korean milf one night there. I met her and she said she moved from Korea to open up like a or yeah moved from Korea to Cambodia open up like a Korean noodle shop there or something. I'm like why the fuck would you move here from Korea? Because I also went to South Korea. Yeah. That place was fucking beautiful. I'm like, why the fuck would you move? Really, there I didn't. To here? I didn't know you went to South Korea. Yeah, I went to South Korea also. I went to Seoul. That was dude, that was just a, nothing bad to say about that place. That place was fucking. Yeah. Beautiful. How long were you there for? I always stayed there for like nine or ten days. Yeah. Yeah, it was fucking cool. Was it uh, expensive? Yeah, it was more expensive than China. It was more expensive than basically. It's, I think the only place in Southeast Asia that's more expensive than Korea would be Japan. Yeah, well, without doubt. Yeah, oh shit. South Korea is up there, but it's it's not too expensive though, considering. But, like comparative um, to America. Yeah, I think it's still cheaper than America. Oh shit! Mic drop! Mic drop! <laughs> we back home. All right, we good. Yeah, but it, that place was cool. I did just like simple shit there. Like I, remember I just went one day, just went up to the mountains and just climbed the tallest mountain of the whole city of Seoul and got to the very fucking peak of that mountain. Just looked out at the city and it was fucking incredible. It was a really cool. And the people there were so nice. As I was climbing the mountain, I had like families coming up to me, giving me bags of fruit and shit. Damn, it's like a fucking totally different experience than China. Night Yo, and day, dude. They were so fucking. There was a weird trend there though in South Korea. Boyfriend and his girlfriends wear matching clothes. Really? Yeah, like the boyfriend. Maybe it's, it's like to show that they're together or something. Yeah, it's not exactly matching, but if like they'll both have on a red hoodie and blue jeans, or they'll okay. both have like on white t-shirts and black pants. Hmm, never like, heard but, of that. Yeah, it's like it started catching on in China, because um, China like idolizes Korean fashion. And you also mentioned that they watch those Korean shows. They love Korean movies and Korean dramas. But now they really also and Korean pop. So did they understand their language easily? No, it's they watch it with Chinese subtitles. Oh shit! Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Kind of like you know, if anyone here who's ever watched Old Boy. Yeah. Right. Know, we all watch it with English subtitles. Yeah, yeah. Yes, they do the same thing. But like, they love the Korean pop music and the Korean pop stars. They love the Korean TV and movies, and they love fucking Korean fashion. So and. The, the girls love like the what is it? like the facial creams and like the skincare yeah. from Korea. Like and the, I've heard Chinese will just fly there <coughs> strictly to get skincare. How long Korea. is that flight? Huh? How long is that flight? It's a, it was short. I can't remember exactly, but I was all the way from south of China to there, man. It was it was one of the shortest flights I'd taken. It was yeah. it was easy. So flight. I, I've seen. Uh, Koreans have that sur- it's like an eye surgery you know what I'm yeah, talking about to get the double eyelids yeah I thought it was to like uh, make their eyes look more American is that what that is to make them look more western yeah, yeah right that's what I meant to double more, eyelids because they don't have a fold right, in their right. eyelid so do uh, people in China do that uh, I'm sure some do but uh, most of them go there for like nose surgeries really yeah, the biggest surgery in China is nose. What do they do to the nose? They try to make it taller. Oh shit! They want like a falcon nose. Yeah, well, not necessarily. All theirs fucking... are flat, so they they try to like, you know, build it up. I guess. Yeah. But they end up starting to look like Michael Jackson. 
Oh shit! It's fucking horrible. Like I guess the Chinese guys think it's beautiful, but like to me, it personally looks like Michael Jackson in his later stages. And I'm like, dude, you look creepy. Yeah. You look fucking creepy. Well, again, I think it. I keep circling back to this. It just feels so shallow because <coughs> nothing feels real. Like nothing feels real or flawed. Everything there feels like I'm a fucking android. I want perfection. I want flawless. This they want the women to look like fucking Barbie dolls. It's, they don't they want, want them to, to look be like super people. Super submissive too. Yeah. Like super submissive. Yeah. Like so the guys love it. Like the girl basically bows down to. So, yeah. Them. So they could just feel like a fucking man. Yeah. You know. I don't know what kind of fucking. Yeah. This. T- I mean, obviously, to someone that, like but... me. It's very strange because, you know, as you fucking know, my wife's black and <laughs> she's fucking <laughs> anything but submissive. <laughs> no fucking way. So I'm going to go fuck myself. Fuck yeah, you. Yeah, you ain't getting that. Yeah, yeah no, she ain't going to give no fucking submissive bullshit. You're going to tell me to go shut the fuck up. Just kick my white ass. It's a fucking crazy world, man. It's a goddamn circus everywhere. <sighs> yeah. All right. I think we're gonna wrap this shit up. Yeah, I'm fucking man, sick. I got pissed really bad anyway. Yeah, I got the fucking chills over here. <laughs> I'm dying, y'all. All right, we out of here. All right, safe travels. All right.